Simon Devitt describes the houses he likes to photograph as self-assured, poetic and sustainable, and he's brought together 30 of his favourites in a book called Cape to Bluff. Some are intriguing because of the building technique or the tricky terrain. Others pick themselves because of how they're future-proofed against sea level rise or were inspired by an old gold miner's hut. Check out a gallery of photographs on our webpage rnz.co.nz slash only. The photographs are accompanied by interviews with the home's architects talking about the head-scratch problems they needed to solve for the build. Simon's been a professional photographer for more than 25 years and he says the landscape is just as much a part of the story as the buildings. It really is. You can drive from Melbourne to Brisbane and it'll take you a very long time but you won't see much difference in the landscape if you took the same drive in New Zealand from Cape Reinga to Invercargill. The contrasts are enormous. One of the houses that I remember fondly is a rammed earth house by Charlie Knott in Ophir. And it's in the rain shadow on the hill there. I remember when I arrived into into Clyde that uh, evening, they had um, a large fog layer come in and you drive down beneath it and suddenly you're in this very thick, almost sci-fi atmosphere. And then the following morning, fortunately, uh, the clouds had cleared. I drove into the house in the dark, as I often do when I arrive early and leave late. Um, And then the fog layer returned. So I had this very interesting, very wintry frost landscape, like sheets of frost just sitting there on this rammed earth house in in the middle of central Otago. Quite an astonishing landscape to um, spend the day and photograph. And I thought one of the, the really lovely examples of a house in tune with the landscape, not imposed on, but I think there was something in all of the houses, really, that the architects and the owners of the houses were respectful of the landscape. I mean, the houses make a statement, but they are in tune with their environment, right? And sustainability, mm. I think, Simon, was another word that I saw from the architects and the notes with every house. That concept of sustainability, very, very important now. Mm, indeed. And and the architects um, that I've had the privilege and fortune to work with over the last 25 years they're super smart human beings and there's that beautiful mix of science meets sculpture and then you add into the fact that their clients are daring, courageous and whenever I show up to a house I'm always mindful that that house is someone's dream that's come true and so there's a lot that's gone on and behind the scenes there's a lot at stake there's legacy involved the sustainability part, the the coastal erosion part, we're all very aware of those things now. And so the architects are at the forefront of that. They have to be. Their clients are also at the forefront as responsible custodians of amazing parts of our beautiful country. People from the outside might think, hey, how hard can it be to photograph a house? It doesn't move, you know, mm. it's not like wildlife. Mm. But I think the the beauty of the photographs that you've taken reminds us that actually it's not that easy. As you say, you may well have just that one day, you know, from dawn to night time. But you're trying to tell such a big story with mm. the images. And, and yes, the interiors are beautiful, the exteriors are fascinating, but there's more to it than that. And you've got the lighting to deal with all sorts of intricacies when dealing with buildings, right? Mm, Indeed. Um, I'm not available for wedding commissions. (laughs) (laughs) Although I did photograph one wedding many years ago. Uh, I can report that they're still happily married. (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, that was the last time I'll ever photograph a wedding. What I do know about turning up early and leaving late is that there are lots of moments to capture and our weather offers up every imaginable possibility all, all in a day usually. So we get uh, clouds, sun, rain, sometimes I've had snow in, in one day as well. And it's really about finding the magic in these moments. It's really about tre a treasure hunt, a bit like fishing. Time really makes the wine. And you can't tick off a list. It's not a creative moment if you're ticking off a list of shots. It's really sitting around waiting for the magic, watching things happen and unfold. Often the homeowners are at work, but very rarely I'll have the opportunity where the family is at home as well, which offers another beautiful layer of seeing how that family interacts with that new house, that new way of living that's been created for them. And so I love spending time with families and seeing how they naturally interact with that, that newness and, and that beautiful design, that incredible landscape, and seeing that as a series of pictures is, is really thrilling for me. I love the storytelling aspect of photography. You're saying the forward that often architect clients have said, oh, you, know, you, you will have seen much more architecture than they have, but, but you explain that when you're looking at architecture, you're, you're not looking for the technical details, the clever bits. You're looking for that broader story. I mean, it doesn't, doesn't stop you from actually capturing some quite masterful craftspersonship. Yeah, I think um, there's aspects of, of wondering what it might be like for someone who will never visit that house for me. So I feel a responsibility for those people who might get a, a sense of how it felt to be there. And I'm the person who can do that with the camera. No matter how someone might describe that in words, the pictures will always, or can, if they're successful, really imbue a sense of place and how it felt to be there. And the camera's at odds with that because the camera's purpose is to describe. And so I need to, and I, and I do, know how to subtly interject and make some subtle but important ambiguities around getting a sense of, of that place, having pictures that ask questions and don't seek to answer. Um, so those suggestive qualities, I think, are really important. And the architects have worked incredibly hard at creating and designing with their clients some beautiful atmospheres. So I'm really engaged in what, what is that atmosphere that has been created? What, what is that like at 6am versus 6pm versus the height of summer at 12pm? You know, And, and seeing um, that as surfaces and, and moments, textures, expressions on people's faces, silhouettes of bodies, people moving through spaces. Some of the inspirations for the designs are interesting, and I thought the Bivy House, you know, inspired by the gold miner's hut, and we're talking about Lake Wakatipu, which is, of course, exactly where you would do this, was very interesting. Not what I expected when I turned to that chapter with the, the idea of a bivy in mind. I mean, mm. almost brutalist in a, in a way, very hard edges. So did you see the bivy? Did you understand the, the story behind it when they explained it to you? Yeah, I did. And I know um, by virtue, I haven't met the owners, but I understand they are very, very keen um, trampers, hikers. I think one of them is at least French, the other might be a New Zealander from memory. 
and the scale of the building is very deceptive. Even having spent, you know, a good 36 hours with that particular um, dwelling, the scale is still very deceptive. And with architecture and photography of architecture, there's a need to talk to scale and perspective. And that, that's where having somebody in, you know, in the space is quite useful for yeah, you, isn't it, for perspective, right? It is. And in that particular shoot, I did have the architect Vaughan Macquarie there for a while and had him in some pictures. And he was very reluctant to do that, but I you know, managed to convince him. We talked before about sustainability, and of course, being an island nation, very aware of climate change and rising sea levels, this is also something that some of the architects have addressed when they have these areas. And I was thinking about that um, crib, uh, mm. or batch, depending what island you live in, that's capable of coping with sea level rise. I thought that was an interesting story. Uh, the architects, I can't imagine the struggles they're often up against with new codes of compliance and, and resource Management Act changing all the time to cope with these these global issues that we're all facing, and then the homeowners needing to interpret that from the architect as well. And what we end up with is something often that looks so effortless and and at ease in the landscape, which is gratifying, I'm sure. Uh, certainly f- for me as the photographer showing up, having often never seen that house uh, in the flesh until that moment that I do arrive in the dark and the lights are on and the homeowners are waiting with a, a hot cup of tea for me. It is with that, that ease and effortlessness that, that these houses sit there like they mean business, the business of families growing memories, of living safely. Houses are places of safety and refuge where we do make memories, so they're really important places that these architects and their clients have the opportunity to create. In Maniatoto, you had a house that was able to cope with temperature very well. I mean, this kind of relates to climate change as well. But we are a land of extremes in our mm. temperatures, as mm. we know. Mm. Uh, so it's not just threat from the sea. It's, you know, it's, it's heat and cold. Um, mm. Was that quite an innovative answer to that issue of, of dealing with these extremes of temperature? Yeah. Talking to the homeowners, as I often do throughout a day on a shoot, you get the real lowdown on, on what's working and what's not. And, and and often the land wasn't a new purchase. Often that land has been in the family or that couple bought it 10 years ago and camped on it for five of those years. Um, so they know the land. They know how the house needs to respond. They know that in the summer it's really windy and the doors have to be closed, so you need a courtyard. In winter it's still, so you can actually ironically open the doors in the freezing cold but that's the only time of year you can and and that's that's the Maniatoto that's um, very unique part of our our beautiful central Otago landscape. Cape to Bluff a survey of residential architecture from Aotearoa New Zealand is by Simon Devitt who you heard there Luke Scott and Andrea Stevens.